Chapter 6, Part 4 of The Greater Life and Work of Christ. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Pretorius. The Greater Life and Work of Christ by Alexander Patterson. The desolating judgments of the day of the Lord will have greatly reduced the population of the earth out of the judgment of the nations will come a body of saved who will enter into the kingdom of christ to be now established we have seen that christ began each dispensation with a small number adam noah and abram each respectively represent the beginnings of three ages so now there may be comparatively a small body left with which the new earth or age begins this is the tenor of many scriptures behold the lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth the inhabitants thereof the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left these few saved are the nucleus of the population of earthly inhabitants which form the millennial kingdom the millennial is a matter of universal belief in some form at some time all hope for it this is the belief of the christian church universally it is the belief also of almost the whole of mankind it lies in the day of the lord it is therefore a state of the supernatural but not wholly so it is part of the judgment day christ sits in governmental judgment it is a condition when the supernatural is to be seen and known but not necessarily continuously its name indicates a period of a thousand years the belief of the jewish church was that there were to be six days of toil and sin followed by a sabbath of rest and holiness all of which seems reasonable and has this scripture if joshua had given them rest he would not have spoken afterward of another day there remaineth therefore a sabbath rest for the people of god that the period is this called another day and sabbath rest there seems no good reason to doubt the following comments by noted and able students of scripture are given from stark the one thousand years of the binding of the dragon and the reign of christ and his saints are properly years there is no reason why we should deviate from a literal interpretation if we explain them of the past we involve ourselves in inextricable difficulties still less can they be referred to eternity because verses seven and eight indicate their completion and show what will occur after the thousand years are expired on the contrary there are weighty reasons for abiding by a literal interpretation because it carries with it nothing absurd or incorrect because the circumstances demand it inasmuch as these one thousand years are mentioned not merely twice in verses two and five but four times in the article prefixed verses three four five and seven years to which nothing must be added and from which nothing must be subtracted because the literal agrees best with the chief work of the divine creation and the course of all times alfred wrote that the lord will come in person to this our earth that during that blessed reign the power of evil will be bound and the glorious prophecies of peace and truth on earth will find their accomplishment this is my firm persuasion and not mine alone but that of multitudes of christ's waiting people as it was that of his primitive apostolic church before controversy blinded the eyes of the fathers to the light of prophecy john wesley said in a short time those who assert that they the thousand years are now at hand will appear to have spoken the truth the millennium is to affect the world israel and the church there appears to be first of all some great change by which the state of nature is made more agreeable and safe and healthful for man and all living beings and creatures paul refers to this great change 
for i reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us word for the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the revealing of the sons of god for the creation was subjected to vanity not of its own will but by reason of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of god he names the time when this is to take place as that of the redemption of our body that is our resurrection this then comes in the great changes and convulsions of the years of judgment the earth is freed from the evils which afflict man and beast the millennium could be no such happy time as all expect and as the scriptures described while storms cyclones malaria earthquakes and heat and cold afflict man and make life as it is for large regions a struggle for existence calvin wrote upon the above passage i expect with paul a respiration of all the evils caused by sin for which he represents the creation of groaning and travailing the existence of man upon the earth at this time will be much that eden was with the added accumulations of the best in invention and every branch of civilization mankind will live in families and increase and have the enjoyments of social life and cultivate the earth and do business and produce wealth and enjoy it they will build cities and study and invent and grow in all noble arts and sciences there are indications that the lifetime of man shall be greatly prolonged perhaps to the full original age of one thousand years so that if this is the duration of the millennium no one need die during that time death will be exceptional and a special judgment upon sin as the following shows there shall be no more thence an infant of days nor an old man that hath not filled his days for the child shall die an hundred years old and the sinner an hundred years old shall be accursed the great feature of the millennium will be the spiritual state of man it is not said that all will be regenerated at least down through the whole period as will be seen but the whole of mankind will be professedly christian and most really so all evils such as intemperance and oppression will be abolished christ will probably be present as he was in his resurrection state and through his saints will govern and instruct the world it will be a church state such as israel was intended to be it will be the theocracy with christ acting more openly and directly than in israel in view of the history of the latter a state in which the supernatural is seen and operates ought not to be considered so very strange or incredible substituting the risen saints for angels will be the same kind of operation of divine power the seventy-second psalm is a prophecy of the reign of christ during the millennium in all the prophecies of the millennium israel has a place the messianic kingdom for israel is the key to the predictive prophecies of the old testament we have no difficulty in applying the hortatory prophecies especially the warnings and denunciations to israel the predictions of a glorious state were addressed to the very same people as the former the old testament prophets must be read in this light primarily it must be borne in mind that they are israel's messages first of all whatever we as gentiles may derive of comfort from them we must remember we are eating off the table of another christ so guarded this table as to say to one of us gentiles it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs but we gentiles have taken possession of bread table house and all and are denying the children any special share in it da costa an israelite thus writes who has given us the right 
while contemplating the literal fulfillment of the judgments on the hebrews to alter suddenly the principle of interpretation where the curse is changed into a blessing who gives us the right by arbitrary exegesis to apply the promises to the christian church to the gentiles when the judgments evidently could not have been intended for them there is then a future for israel for the long degraded outcasts and approaching glory israel and the regenerate nations will triumph together over the gentiles who have forgotten god and who oppose the kingdom of christ israel's king will be king of all the nations then the promises made to abram as to the land and the increase of his people will be fulfilled israel will be the chief nation of the world the land of israel and the geographical centre of the earth it will undoubtedly be its spiritual centre also to it will come great convocations from all the world and from it will go missions of spiritual influence to all the world the scripture passages which speak of this time in israel's history are very numerous they fill large portions of the prophets indeed every one of the prophecies closes with bright outlooks into this happy time for israel zechariah is peculiarly the prophet of this time a single verse gives the characteristic position of israel and it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came against jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king the lord of hosts and to keep the feast of tabernacles the types of israel of the millennium are the great jubilee representing their social state and the reign of solomon representing their political glory solomon's being simply a continuation of the reign of david the kingdom militant being succeeded by the kingdom triumphant the state of the saints in the millennium is that of christ after his resurrection he was a palpable personality he was seen heard and handled and exercised all the powers of life such as walking building a fire eating and drinking there is no reason to believe that he is any different now or that the risen saints will be there has come to us out of paganism the doctrine of the evil of matter and that pure holiness requires a mere ethereal state there is nothing of all this in scripture lange thus writes of this break this golden band between spirit and matter between the actual fact and the symbol and you fall back into that old accursed opposition between spiritualism and materialism which burdened the heathen world and will run through all your moral aesthetic and philosophic ideas as a fatal cleft there is nothing of the modern ghostly idea in the scriptural representations of the resurrected saints or their abode not only the earth but heaven as will be seen is material and not a mere state or condition these latter are unthinkable and impossible and are the conceptions of an idealism which is wholly unscriptural the state of the saints during this time is described thus by christ in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are as angels in heaven everything that has been associated with sin or the cause of sin will be left out of their lives but we have no reason to say any innocent pleasure will be forbidden or impossible to the risen saints if the risen christ could and did eat and drink it would be difficult to show why his people in the same state should not do so also indeed he said they should as the following scripture states i appoint unto you a kingdom even as my father appointed unto me that ye may eat and drink with me at my table in my kingdom and ye shall sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of israel but none of the earthly conditions will be necessary to their life or welfare and if used will be only as means of enjoyment that the saints shall reign on the earth is expressly stated by the heavenly beings in their song worthy art thou to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and didst 
purchase unto god with thy blood men of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and madest them to be unto our god a kingdom and priests and they reign upon the earth there are numerous other passages which the concordance will show jameson fawcett and brown comment thus christ's coming kingdom is to be manifested at his appearing when the saints shall reign with him his kingdom is real now but not visible it shall then be visible also now he rules in the midst of his enemies expecting till they shall be overthrown then he shall reign over his adversaries christ will reign with his transfigured saints over men in the flesh the nation in the millennium will be prepared for a higher state as adam in paradise supposing he had lived in an unfallen state the millennium reign on earth does not rest on an isolated passage but all prophecy goes upon the same view from theorer whether christ with his church during this kingdom of joy shall remain constantly visible or whether after his visible appearance he shall again become invisible or sometimes one and then the other as in the time of his resurrection or whether the central seat of his dominion shall be mount zion or whether this shall be literally exalted above all mountains or whether the higher pavilion cloud in the air shall after banishment of all wicked spirits be the place where christ shall celebrate with his church the marriage supper of the lamb or whether the upper jerusalem and mount zion shall be united in closest connection for the glorified church these are questions on which the believing investigators of scripture have returned various answers heaven will be nearer earth though not united it will be the light evening the still sabbath of the earth not yet its sunday or yet its still greater eastern morn the earth remains earth though under a higher power of development and an altogether new blessing from above the physical life of man advances but under the dominion of the spirit among the nations shall stand pre-eminent the now scattered but then gathered people of israel for from zion and jerusalem the clear gleam of god shall break forth and from there shall proceed the law at the end of the one thousand years the separation between heaven and earth shall be complete earth and heaven shall have passed through the grave of their eternal easter morn and then shall be brought to glorious completion what was begun in the incarnation of jesus the millennium is therefore not the final state of man on earth it is not the great and ultimate object of the saint's hope it is not the city which hath foundations whose builder and whose maker is god it is not the kingdom which shall never pass away it is not the full victory over the last enemy for that does not come until death is cast into the lake of fire at the close of the final judgment it is not the full restoration of humanity it is not earth's eternal form the millennium is but a day of a thousand years in a week of trial with which the story of redemption opens to be succeeded by many weeks of days as long as these to roll out into years and weeks of years and jubilees and millennial times of a thousand times such years it is the unending succession of these which constitute the kingdom of god we must guard against two possible errors as to the millennium making too much of it and worse yet wholly neglecting it it has its place and a great one but relatively limited and as all admit temporary it is far from a perfect state it is one of the trial ages the last indeed but still an age of sifting all the elements which contribute to moral trial are present except the active agency of satan he is not present but human nature remains and therefore sin is possible indeed is present for the death of the sinner is provided for death is still present although in greatly reduced scope the whole age is a brief one 
if our acceptance of the one thousand years is proper as the duration of the millennium it is not more than half of the present gospel age the millennium is a demonstration by god that the world by doing the will of god is thereby made holy and happy it is also a trial of man under the most favourable circumstances as to his willingness to obey god it is the belief professed by many that the present state of man in sin and misery comes from his environment and if all this could be changed he would attain to a state of comparative perfection thus will all be given an opportunity to be tried during this age with satan bound and absent with all his angels from earth the natural evils removed and beginning with a selected seed of humanity there is no reason if this theory is correct why mankind should not reach their ideal all that the actual presence of the supernatural need do to demonstrate and instruct will be given in the millennium there is to be made the fullest demonstration of man's nature and ability under every condition for success when it is over nothing will have been left untried or untested a thousand years will be long enough for the trial the millennium is to end in an apostasy it begins at the four corners of the earth at the greatest distance from the seat of the divine government the causes which explain the falling away aside from the fact of the unregenerate state of many under cover of religion are understood by comparing the history of past ages as for example the apostasy of israel it is altogether probable that like that age the display of the supernatural gradually diminishes and finally ceases the law and the prophets were introduced by such displays under moses and elijah but these miraculous manifestations gradually ceased in each age as time went on israel sinking all the time into apostasy after apostasy from which they were temporarily aroused by afflictions and the messages of the prophets these messages also ceased and towards the close a time of freedom from alarms and prophetic appeals came in which they fell into a state of final hardness this will undoubtedly be the case in the age of the millennium the mighty wonders of the day of judgment will become an old story and lose their power to alarm the saints will strive to keep the world true to christ by their efforts governmental and spiritual it is not probable that christ himself will be personally and visibly present all over the world or even constantly to any except a limited number for this is not the full development as has been intimated of the kingdom it is probable that as he was in his life he will be more and more retired as the time of apostasy goes on this is his spiritual method now he hides his face from the backsliding soul the saints will perhaps be left to carry on the work largely among themselves and will faithfully do so moral suasion not proving equal to the task of holding man in check in the downward plunge governmental measures will be tried there will arise as in this age resentment at this control the spirit of the world to-day and then is seen in the words of the second psalm the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the lord and against his anointed saying let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us satan now appears as has been noted there is always a preparation for him the rebellion is not all his work under satan's direction the inward discontent with the rule of christ assumes a state of open rebellion the world arms once more for battle against the hosts of christ this time satan leads in person the previous battle of Armageddon was led by the antichrist who appears to be a human being animated by satan and of surpassing genius but he has been cast into the lake of fire as the narrative tells us 
the close of the millennium is thus described and when the thousand years are finished satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall come forth to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth gog and magog to gather them together to the war the number of whom is as the sand of the sea and they went up over the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down out of heaven and devoured them and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where are also the beast and the false prophet and they shall be tormented by day and night for ever and ever it seems incredible that after such terrors and blessings any should be found ready to listen to the voice of satan but that such a multitude amounting to an almost universal apostasy should fall away from christ is the most astounding fact in the whole great record of sin we must remember this is the record of every other age we read of israel apostatizing immediately after receiving the great revelation of god from mount sinai and aaron with them making the golden calf and bowing down to it among them the seventy elders who had received the spirit and had seen the vision of god on the mount the saints are besieged in their camp doubtless around jerusalem they have gradually retired before the rising tide of the rebellion doubtless by christ's secret command they are in fearful peril as well as the people of israel it is the most terrible of created beings who approaches to destroy them knowing it is his last opportunity he is a spiritual being otherwise he would have no terror for risen beings in spiritual bodies it is not a mere display of hopeless resentment on satan's part they are committed to defence of their charge the beloved city they cannot save themselves by flight that would be victory for satan and destruction for helpless israel it must not be supposed these great conflicts coming at the close of man's history are mere theatrical displays there are none such of any kind in the scripture it is dreadful reality as the world will one day know this last conflict between good and evil between christ and satan is the most appalling display of evil the universe ever will see it is christ and heretofore attacked in his people the destruction of the forces of satan is the fire from heaven it seems to be the direct act of almighty god it is the last overthrow recorded satan is seen to his final place the lake of fire where his vicegerent and the false prophets are their fate is to be tormented day and night for ever and ever he has caused infinite torment to the race of man has ruined god's eden and devastated heaven he has dared to lift his hand against god himself in the person of his son whom he has tempted persecuted slain and whose work he has persistently opposed and frustrated and now after all warnings at the last shows no sign of repentance but again after a thousand years of foretaste of his fate comes forth to attack the work and people of god satan is an awful instance and proof of the unchangeableness of character whether for good or evil the character of any being is established unalterably by his attitude toward god christ now enters upon his last great work of judgment the scriptural account of the greatest and most sublime language and imagery which man possesses and i saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead the great and the small standing before the throne and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hades gave up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works this awful scene 
is pictured as is all the history of the day of god to fix our attention by its sublimity and fearful grandeur it has employed the artist and poet but no words or colours can add to this simple account it pictures the greatest thought which can enter man's mind accountability to his maker daniel gives an almost equal description of the last judgment i beheld till thrones were placed and one that was ancient of days did sit his raiment was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool his throne was fiery flames and the wheels thereof burning fire a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him thousands thousands ministered unto him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him the judgment was set and the books were opened here is the great fact added that there are other thrones with christ's the saints are associated with christ in this judgment know ye not that the saints shall judge the world know ye not that we shall judge angels he that overcometh i will give to him to sit down with me in my throne as i also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne the scene calls for a vast array of thrones surrounding the great white throne the picture presented to the mind is this vast array centering around the dazzling centre and rising tier above tier the angels are present in their countless hosts to assist in this awful last assize it is probable every living intelligent being in heaven and earth is a witness to the doings of the day this is the day of judgment proper as distinguished from all which has gone before it is the gathering of all not heretofore raised and their presentation before the throne only the dead are spoken of it is evident that all the sinful race are slain before the call of judgment the great distinction made between the saved and others is that of the quick and dead it is not said in what form the sinner appears before the judgment the saints are described as robed in white garments there is intimation of the sinners appearing in shame and nakedness everywhere exposure is a penalty of the judgment exposure physically would suitably accompany exposure morally the lost angels also appear at the judgment of the last day and angels which kept not their own principality but left their proper habitation he hath kept in everlasting bonds under darkness under the judgment of the great day the judge is christ as we have seen all judgment is committed unto him he appears in his glorified human form it is he who was born of the virgin mary and walked the roads of galilee and was crucified and was buried and rose from the dead and ascended up to heaven many will see in him the one who was offered to them and pressed upon them so persistently and whom they refused for the love of sin or earthly gain or pleasure or ambition or from fear of man or shame or unbelief or hatred and prejudice towards the people of god the judgment proceeds upon three distinct lines of evidence faith works and the book of life there is first of all shown the evidence of faith or want of it this is and ever will be the only way of salvation all the promises of the gospel are based on faith and as we have seen the salvation of all from adam down has been by faith the evidence as to the faith of the saved is shown by their resurrection and their presence with christ in their glorified bodies jesus had said for this is the will of my father that every one that beholdeth the son and believeth on him should have eternal life and i will raise him up at the last day undoubtedly he meant the previous resurrections of the saints among whom now are all the believers not one missing the faith is proven and they are saved thereby 
the rest not being so raised as shown not to have had faith the verdict of this evidence is he that believeth not hath been judged already the second evidence is that of works the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works the only evidence of faith is works it is true as james said we are saved by works for if these are missing it shows there is no living faith so now in the last judgment and in all previous judgments works are the test the world has always made claim to salvation by works and claimed merit on this account so now they are to be tried upon their own grounds the books are opened the books of memory and the law of the conscience will be opened as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law and as many as have sinned under law shall be judged by law for when the gentiles which have no law do by nature the things of the law these having no law are a law unto themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience bearing witness therewith and their thoughts one with another accusing or else executing them in the day when god shall judge the secrets of men according to my gospel by jesus christ here are three books mentioned law conscience and gospel by one of these all will be judged the result of this second stage in the trial is thus described the fearful and the unbelieving and abominable and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars their part shall be in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death the third great evidence upon which the destinies of mankind are decided is the book of life this is previously spoken of in the scripture christ said to his disciples rejoice that your names are written in heaven furthermore and here is a great mystery there are those whose names were always in this book and some whose names never were there the scriptures are as follows and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him antichrist every one whose name hath not been written in the book of life of the lamb that hath been slain from the foundation of the world they whose name hath not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world we are not at a loss to know the fact that this was true of such as judas and of those of whom jude spake these are they who are hidden rocks in your love feasts when they feast with you shepherds that without fear feed themselves clouds without water carried along by winds autumn trees without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots wild waves of the sea foaming out their own shame wandering stars for whom the backbones of darkness hath been reserved for ever our lord also spoke of some of them ye serpents ye offspring of vipers how shall ye escape the judgment of hell the book of life is a transcript of god's secret will it is absolute righteousness as well as the last verdict as the destiny of every created being it is a great comfort for every child of god that this book will be opened it is an infallible guard against any being cast away who belong to god whatever the record of the life whatever the smallness of faith whatever the condemnation of conscience or the accusations of the world if the name is in the book of life all is well the result of the third great test is this if any was not found written in the book of life he was cast into the lake of fire at the very beginning upon the appearance of the great white throne and him that sat upon it it is written the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them this is an event much spoken of in scripture peter gives the fullest account of it the heavens that now are and the earth by the same word have been stored up for fire being reserved against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men the day of the lord will come as a thief in the 
which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall be dissolved with fervent heat and the earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up seeing that these things are thus all to be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy living and godliness looking for and earnestly desiring the coming of the day of god by reason of which the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat this takes place apparently at the very beginning of the judgment for it is from the face of christ they pass away and by his presence they are dissolved so that the judgment is probably in the midst of these awful terrors the belief in such an ending of earth is common to man gibbon writes in the opinion of a general conflagration the faith of the christians coincided with the traditions of the east the fact that the earth as peter says is stored with fire is known to all mankind the suggested fate is therefore drawn from this well-known fact pliny states it exceeds all miracles in my opinion that any day should pass without setting the world all on fire the world is a vast reservoir of coal oils gas almost inflammable and lying upon and adjacent to the mass of fire with which the earth is filled air and water are composed of the most combustible gases it requires therefore but a slight change of very small proportions in the constituency of either of these or to bring any of these into direct contact with the mass of fire or the slightest change in the inclination of the earth's axis or the addition of heat to the sun by the precipitation of some wandering star into its fires to produce the conflagration of air and sea and earth and all they contain this may constitute the lake of fire it is thus described which burneth with fire and brimstone it is also written that it is the place in which was cast the beast and the false prophet and satan it is called the second death every terrible thought is associated with death the pain and parting and loss and the dark year after for the sinner are all aggravated manifold in the second death as we do not know what death is until we enter it so none can estimate what this is until then we may be assured it is no mere figure of speech there is a dreadful reality in all this awful description the fate of the lost is the most awful as it is the most difficult problem of religion but for this there would be but little question as to the whole subject of religion the whole controversy revolves around this sometimes invisible centre there are many open and secret protests against this doctrine it is the voice of christ which pronounces doom upon the lost and therefore his work and character are in question we have seen his work in retributive justice upon the old world upon pharaoh and sodom and the canaanites and during the day of the lord but all this was punishment which was temporary this sentence of the great white throne remains to a fate from which there is no promise of deliverance this is the testimony of the church in all ages as to the meaning of the scriptures on this subject christ himself taught distinctly this doctrine he said fear whom who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell margin kahina it is to be remembered that this is the teaching of the scripture and that these scriptures of the christian church have not only the brightest outlook into the future of any human conceptions but the only such outlook it is to the bible all poets and painters turn for bright pictures of hereafter the nature and conduct of man must be considered in this question we have seen the dealings of christ with those to whom the truth was given they heard the gospel and refused it and remain impenitent under every call of the gospel and loved darkness rather than light 
the world crucified christ they persecuted the people of god all the story of the day of the lord shows they will refuse christ even under the wonders of that day and will turn to satan and will lift arms against the very person of christ himself and attempt to destroy the very creator of them all and turn the rule of earth over to satan all this shows a depth of wickedness under all circumstances which is amazing we ask who and what kind of beings these are there is not a scripture that indiscriminate sentimental designation of sinners we hear so commonly today they are called by such names as chaff and tears as distinguished from the pure grain they are called goats and wolves and dogs as distinguished from the sheep of the flock peter calls them mere animals to be taken and destroyed paul styles them vessels of wrath fitted unto destruction christ called them offspring of vipers and one of them judas iscariot he said was a devil to some he said ye are of your father the devil all this intimates some radical reason why they are not saved and explains why they so persistently refused the grace of god we may be sure there is some reason which god has not fully revealed why any created being should meet with such a fate there are analogies in nature and in human life which are of the same kind the existence of one extreme implies the opposite where there is a top there is a bottom there are cast blossoms which perish there are stalks which never reach the gardener there are dregs in every cup there is debris from every structure there is the refuse of the mine from which the precious metal and jewels are taken society has its outcasts its criminals and it's finally incorrigible it also has its penalties and even unending punishments for far as life is concerned the imprisonment for life sometimes in solitary confinement or hard labor is of the same kind in human scale as the eternal punishment of the bible history is full of judgment crises nations and races have perished for ever as we come to scan the extent of the ultimate work of christ we will see that the number of the lost bears but a small proportion of the vast numbers saved it will appear as small as the number of free and right living citizens in those imprisoned for their crimes the proportion will be less and less as the ages go by it is a ground of faith and comfort to know all is in the power of christ we must trust christ here for it is all his work he is the same yesterday today and forever and we know what he was yesterday in his earthly life so he will be in the day of judgment his aspect will change but he changes not so we may feel sure he will do not only right and justice but will leave no work of mercy untried to save rebellious man as in jerusalem when we could do no more we wept over the doomed city so he will feel sorrow as no mortal can over the loss of every created being some profess to find a hopeful outlook to this darkest view possible to man if there should be such none will rejoice more than those who believing this dark doctrine have striven to call the world to christ if christ in the ages of eternity should find a way to save every created being it is his own secret he has revealed no such doctrine to us we can only declare what he has said from our present light there appears no hope for those who die impenitent lance writes on this as follows so far as it is admissible to speak of an intermediate state between the last judgment and the ideal goal of all things such a state manifestly appears to be for the wicked a series of ions to which the eye can discover no limit 
whither the river of paradise goes as it flows out of the city of god is not declared the medieval conception of the endless torment of all who died out of the church infringes on the liberty of god the systems of the absolute restoration of all men infringe on the liberty of man both occupy too positive a position in regard to the hidden secrets of the aeons behind which the mountains of absolute eternity stand radiant with the glory of god we may dismiss the whole subject with the words of abram in view of the destruction of sodom shall not the judge of all the earth do right the work of christ in the day of the lord ends with the judgment and also the history of what we call time there has been seen christ working through it all conducting the great plan of god from beginning to conclusion the great demonstration ends here it will have been shown by every possible test that under all circumstances in every emergency or condition the will of god is the only rule of life for created beings all other means of making them happy or holy will have been tried and proved wanting the great problem of all the ages will have been solved once for all under license as at the first under law as with the prepared people of israel under the gospel the later still is the millennium with the demonstrated presence of the supernatural man has failed save as he obeyed the will of god any other race would have failed also man is but a representative of created beings any of whom would act in the same way christ came and gave the universe a perfect example of perfect submission to the will of god and his people so far as they followed in his steps gave the same example the benefits of obedience were shown in the individual in the community and in the whole world the awful effects of disobedience to the will of god called sin were also fully shown the record will be made up and kept for the study of the ages to come it will be as was intimated the bible of the future the worlds to come will read the story of sin and grace they will therefrom learn the fear to sin and cleave to god the whole history is a short one what are seven thousand years or even thousands more to the endless aeons of eternity it will be seen that the results well pay for all involved it is but the preparation for the kingdom of god which now begins end of chapter six part four Recording by Linda Pretorius.